The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. This man is famous for being an Irish man abroad, but I'm delighted that Jarlath Regan is home for a few days and he joins me now. Cade Mila Falta, Jarlath, how are you doing? Hello there, Stephanie. Are you all excited to be back home? Oh yeah, I mean, I really, really am, especially with the heat of the last week over here. I mean, it was devastating to get messages from Irish people going, geez, Jerry, you wouldn't believe the heat. It's 23 degrees here. What were you coping with over there? I swear, Stephanie, it was 40 degrees in my back garden. And I know people go, no, it wasn't actually. The temperature was actually higher over here. The reflected heat over here was bananas, absorbed heat. What's it like playing for Irish audiences like what you're going to be doing today compared to the audiences from all over the world that you've played to? Um, audiences do change. There is there is a certain thing that is funny is funny. doesn't matter where you go. And the stuff that you talk about that is uniquely Irish weirdly has a resonance over here or in America, wherever you go. But there is something about the Irish crowds where they are they're kind of turned on to messing in a way that other crowds aren't. Uh, there's uh, just this sense of divilment that's there, that they they know what they're signing up for in that sense. And in some ways, I find with the Irish audience, they want more spontaneity than uh, a British crowd, which might be like, just get to the jokes, mate. Just give us your right, jokes. Okay. <laughs> you know, they, they do love audience interaction, but uh, Irish crowds love when it goes awry. They definitely nearly prefer when you go off script or if something mad happens that's unique to that moment. And this is the thing about live comedy, Stephanie. And, you know, for people who've been locked down or gotten so used to watching Netflix and watching it online or wherever they absorb it, you cannot replicate that sense of we do not know what's going to happen next and that this show will never be repeated again. And that's really what the Paddy Power Comedy Festival reminds us all of. There's a level of suspense and uncertainty to that that I tend to really <laughs> shy away from. I'm like, oh God, I want to know. Like, that's If I go to the theatre or if I go to the cinema, I'm like, okay, this script is not going to change. These actors have to hit their marks. But when you're in live comedy, I'm that person in the audience <laughs> being like, please don't talk to me. Please don't look at me. Please don't. Please, please. Everyone, can we just pretend we're not here and just listen to his jokes? And then can yeah, we leave? If you could put them on a Christmas cracker, yeah, that would yeah, be amazing. That's what, the back, that's what the back rows are for. That's, that's yeah. where you're safe. I've always been the same in that there's a way, isn't there? There's a way of interacting with your crowd that isn't punching down, that isn't victim-y, that isn't, I'm going to mortify you now. Yes, which I think that, is like those generous, that generous comedy that you do. How do you feel then about, you know, when we see Ricky Gervais' piece online, how do you feel about comedy that's sort of, pushing boundaries that then gets a lot of hate, I guess, on social media. What do you think the role of comedy is? Oh, there's a bunch of questions in there, isn't there? What is the role of comedy? What do I think of, of Ricky Gervais's stuff? I mean, in so, in some ways, it's a clever marketing tool, what's what been happening there. Because we're talking in, about it. Yeah, because, you know, Ricky's always done that. Like, that's just, that's what he finds funny. And that's what his crowd finds funny. And in some ways, Stephanie... People go to Ricky Gervais and that is what they sign up for. That is the contract. That's the understood agreement. The same with Jimmy Carr, that it's, it's, it's you know, it's Ron Seal quick drawing Woodstain. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, Jimmy 
uh, Ricky, they're all equal opportunities offenders. <laughs> Nobody's safe. Mm-hmm. So I kind of love that, that there's room for that. And then there's room for whimsy of Alison Spittle, of David O'Doherty. And neither is of more creative value than the other. They're just literally playing different instruments, self-created instruments. They're all doing their own thing. And in that way, it's weird to place a value judgment on it or even the role of it. I mean, in some ways, each person that does comedy comes at it with a different idea as to what its role is. Like for somebody like, um, I don't know, Tony Law or any of the absurdists like Andy Kaufman, it was pure silly. It was just silliness and distraction. And as we come out of this kind of weird last two years of seriousness, absurdism is what a lot of people need. And some people in an era of inverted commas, wokeism are going to be attracted towards the bull boy in the class Mm -hmm. who will say absolutely anything to anyone. But there will be room for everybody and there'll be room for everyone to uh, find what their comedy is, what works for them at a particular moment. Uh, Paddy Power Comedy Festival has a bit of everything that it isn't samey it, it it's reflective and the lineup is reflective of the ireland we live in and also the creative space that we work in no i think you're right isn't it, it like i think it's a case of like in a in a in an era of social media it's so easy for people to get outraged by something they haven't even seen um and mm. it's undeniable that there is an audience who like if comedy is broadly speaking to entertain people and make them laugh. There are people who are entertained and laugh at that. And if you don't find it funny, then there are other tents you can go to. There are other people playing. Um, find something that does float your boat. Um, I think we live so, in a in an era of mass outrage now. Can we chat about your podcast? Yeah. It's been doing amazingly. Uh, it's been... Nearly 10 years. I did it with you oh, about maybe more than yeah, that. Maybe six, seven ago. years. It's a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um. What's the most challenging interview you've done on the podcast? Uh, (laughs) People hear the show and know that it is about finding an intimacy in the conversation with the person and a place of ease where we're all okay with opening up stuff. And I always think that all Irish people are are pretty decent podcasters because they have an apprenticeship of drinking pints. And if you aren't good at chat in those moments, you don't get another round. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, I ha- we've all had awkward points and there's definitely been awkward podcasts. I would honestly, Stephanie, I would say that yours was one of the harder ones because I didn't want to get it wrong. And I knew that you had a certain amount of um, sensitivity to questions. And it's when you're trying to walk that line and be respectful that it, it, it can be a little bit trickier. Then you have ones like Dylan Moran, where I love Dylan Moran. I grew up worshipping Dylan Moran and his comedy. And I'm not sure he knew what I was doing. <laughs> he, he had never done a podcast. It was literally his first one, aside from Mark Maron. It was me and Mark Maron. <laughs> that was it. You're a good company. Uh, and uh, I started asking him questions about how he got into comedy and his early life. And I can remember him saying, well, what is this? What is this? This is like how to get meaningful employment despite being Irish. That's my best Dylan Moore impression there. And I remember thinking that he might walk out. I, I actually thought he might walk out. We were both sitting outside in Edinburgh 
smoking cigarettes in a smoking area with the little Zoom recorder. And it ended up just being so much fun. And that's all from the way that like if you're stuck with someone for pints for long enough or for a podcast for long enough, in the space of an hour, you so will find some common ground, as you know, as a podcaster yourself. The, the space and time that it affords you is really luxurious. And if you're out for a run, there is nothing I'd recommend more, which is a neat little segue into my other spin-off podcast, An Irishman Running Abroad. Tell us about that. Well, that's Sonia O'Sullivan coaching me, yeah. a person who couldn't run around the block two years ago. Uh, Sonia was on the show and I asked her, would you be able to coach me to run uh, without my knees turning to chalk? <laughs> and uh, She was like 100%. I just didn't believe her. And then gradually, gradually, gradually record these conversations of her taking me step by step, incrementally building, building, building. So and she's just she's just teaching you like remotely. Yeah, well, over over wow. the uh, yeah. So we do it remotely. We've got a Strava club there that all of the listeners are in. We are at the moment training for a half marathon, the Antrim Coast half marathon. I think Sonia is even going to fly in and do it with us. And, you know, she's taken people like me from running nothing. It's not just couch to 5K. It's from running running zero to I did my park run in under 20 minutes, this kind of stuff. Like, she's an awesome coach. Like, it's not surprising that the greatest Irish track and field athlete of all time is also a superb coach. But that the laughs and the crack on that podcast she's become like a good friend and just an incredible coach for all of our listeners. And in so many ways, that is the kind of comedy side of Irishman Abroad has been this hilarious journey that we've been on together with Sonia Sullivan. And I, I've heard that you kind of stay pals like with Sonia, with, uh, with mm. other people that you've had on the show. Who who has surprised you that you didn't really know before you did the podcast, but you've remained good friends since? Um, loads of them, like people like Barry Keoghan, um, Patrick Keelty, Sharon Horgan. I mean, I didn't know Sharon at all uh, until she came and did the show in like episode three back in 2013. Um, I, I just find that the, nobody ever really has proper chats anymore, do they? Like we are so rooted to our phones. And pinging back voice notes, maybe that's still a one sided conversation, but we can still find in podcasts and in these conversations, like proper conversation, long form chats that was taken away for two years in person. Uh, and it's you can't replace it with anything else. So I find that a lot of the time, the reason why we keep in touch with these people is because We've probably had one of the longest chats that either of us has had in a long, long time. So people like Tom Von Lawler are in touch a lot, even Dermot O'Leary. Like it is, it is kind of wonderful that way. And Irishman Abroad has connected not just me with the guests, but so many people. Like you wouldn't believe the emails I get, Stephanie, from people who are like, (laughs) it actually brings a lump to my throat when I think about people who are in far-flung places and just want the sound of home mm-hmm. in their ears and I'm happy to say that uh, and this is a bit of an exclusive for you that I am actually moving back to Ireland what uh, yeah next next week for uh, for good well I will split my time between 
London and Dublin each week, like doing shows back and forth. But we really wanted our son, Michael, to go to secondary school in Ireland because secondary school in Ireland is just the best in the world. And uh, yeah, so I'll be less of an Irishman abroad, but the show will continue. That is very exciting. Are you going to be moving very. to Dublin or what part of the country? Very. I'll be a little outside Dublin. I'll be up towards uh, Meath, that kind of direction. That's where Tina's family are and uh, that's where uh, Mikey's cousins and his best friends are, you know. So you know, we spend quite a bit of time coming back and forth to Ireland when we're here. It's probably every holiday went back to Ireland so that he'd be ready for this transition because it is, it's a lot. It's a lot for anyone and it's a lot for any kid, I'll tell you. There's just such a, there's a certain anxiety around it, but maybe that's going to form a lot of the conversations on Irishman abroad from here on, because part of the Irish experience abroad is either dying to come home or actually coming home. And what is this Ireland that we're coming back to? It's certainly not the Ireland that I left in 2013. It's really exciting to have you uh, be an Irishman returns. Um, and I think, you know, what you were saying about the friendships that you've, continue to have is a testament to what you're saying like the power of actual conversation like I really really struggle with small talk and talking about the weather and chats over pints <laughs> but I remember speaking with you in the house that I don't live in anymore and we talked for so long and obviously as you have said I was probably a difficult one because I was just starting out doing interviews and mm. was probably a bit of a control freak and a micromanager about the questions I was going to be asked have loosened up marginally since um but i remember thinking oh that was that was that was okay that like i feel like that man was actually talking to me your your particular interview style your style of comedy and the intimacy and attention you give your guests i think is why you've had so much success oh, and thanks so much stephanie that's very kind it's an absolute pleasure talking to you. Will you just let us know who we can catch at the Paddy Power Comedy Festival and uh, what we can expect later today? Yeah, so I will be on with uh, Foil Arms and Hog, who people will know uh, from everything. And of course, their dominance on uh, YouTube. Um, another YouTuber, kind of uh, Instagram comedian of uh, much success in the last while is Tony Cantwell. I'll be on with him on Sunday with a brilliant musical act, Flo and Joan, who uh, I've known for years and years and years over here. They're the same agent as me and their special is up on Amazon Prime. Uh, Kevin McGahern is going to host that show. People will know as well. You, you know, people should take a punt is my advice, Stephanie. In the same way when you go to the Edinburgh Festival and you go and don't see known entities don't just buy tickets for the people you think. I know them from that thing. I will tell you, the curation of this festival is pretty uh, specific and careful. So if you throw money down on a ticket for somebody you haven't seen before, trust me, you won't regret it. So that would be my advice this weekend. I feel like a bit of a tipster at Cheltenham here. <laughs> back, back, a, back a comedian you don't know back in the 9.30 at the Ivy Gardens. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'll get your odds. money back. With the curation <laughs> yeah. of that festival, they are good odds. Jarlith, thank you so very much. Yeah. The best of luck today and the best of luck with the move. It'll be great to have you closer by and uh, to be seeing more of you. Thanks so much, Stephanie. All the best. See you now. And you can catch Jarlith performing at the Paddy Power Comedy Festival at the Ivy Gardens in Dublin later today. And of course, on his podcast, An Irishman Abroad, and his podcast with Sonia O'Sullivan, An Irishman Running Abroad. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9.
on News Talk.